Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Morning, everyone. I don't know if everyone, if I've met all of you here before, but just in case you don't know me, my name is Rhonda and I look after the kids' ministry. So that's probably why you haven't seen me in church pretty much the whole year, because I'm always up at the basketball courts, hidden from everyone with the noisy children. So I hope you're enjoying having them with you today. I'm enjoying the week off, and I'll enjoy the next couple of weeks of being in church with you and um, being part of the church community. Um, Today, our Bible reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, and it's in chapter 17, uh, it's verses 5 to 8. So if you want to follow along, it's up on the screen, Um, but this is what it says. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots to the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I just want to welcome Jesse up this morning to share the word with us. I'm really excited to hear um, what he has, so thanks, Jesse. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Hey, thank you so much for having me here this morning, Creekside. Uh, I always consider it a real honor and privilege to be able to share the good news of Jesus uh, with anybody and to share the gospel, and to share what it means to be a Christian, and what it means to follow him. So thank you for affording me that opportunity today. My name is Jess. My family and I have been here at Creekside now for, I was talking to Simon just before, I think it's maybe three months. Uh, It could be more, could be less. Lockdowns kind of make time a little bit hard to judge, but give or take three months we've been here worshiping in this community. Um, I've got Oh, actually, I'm controlling the slides, actually. I forgot about that. Here we go. I've got a photo here. Yep, cool. This is me and my family. Uh, Heather, my wife. Oh, nope. How do I go back? Okay. There we go. Cool. Don't pay attention to that next slide. That's a little sneak preview. All right. I work at Mueller College in the sports department. I also coordinate our secondary chapels program. Uh, My wife, Heather, there, she can't be with us today because she's a paramedic. Uh, She's based out at Deception Bay Station. Uh, She's been doing that job for about six years now, absolutely loves it. Uh, She loves serving the community in that way, and she's also a little bit of a trauma junkie. Uh, This is my daughter, our daughter rather, Annalie, so she's in grade seven at Mueller, uh, and this is our son Jack, who's in grade eight also at Mueller. They're both here today, so I hope that you uh, get a chance to say hello to them after the service. That'd be awesome. I um, was trying to think of something some hobbies or some things that kind of were like a common thing in our families to help, to help you kind of get to know us a little bit better. And so I put up a couple of images there. So there's a basketball. I'm a basketball player. I have been my whole life. Our season starts in just under two weeks, and I'm so keen to get back on the court. Annalie also plays basketball at Mueller. Uh, Jack has played in the past, though he has now decided that his main focus is going to be baseball. So he plays Division One baseball out at Redcliffe Padres. So that's where you'll normally find us on a Saturday morning. Uh, touch football, both the kids play touch football, which is pretty cool. 
uh, in the Mueller Touch Academy. And then not pictured in that fa uh, family photo just before were a key part of our family, and that's our three Labradors. So we've got Archie, Ellie, and Sadie, and they're just so beautiful. We are the quintessential sort of dog people. Like, they even sleep in our bed with us. I actually didn't get a good night's sleep last night because they were at the foot of the bed, and I'm quite tall, and I had zero leg room. Uh, but anyways, we love them to death. I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for allowing me to be here. We've really enjoyed our time here and really enjoyed getting to know a few of you and are really looking forward to getting to know more of you. Let's pray. God, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for revealing to us your word, Lord. Lord, we pray that this morning you would illuminate the scriptures to us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit and that you would engrave it in our hearts. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. If you're here with us this morning for the very first time, or maybe church is kind of a new thing to you, welcome. This is a place for you. I know sometimes church can kind of feel like it's a group of people who are seemingly perfect and seemingly have it all together. I assure you that is the farthest thing from the truth. Church is a place for you, no matter where you're at on your faith journey. And if you've been here at Creekside or around churches for a really long time, welcome. This is also a place for you. I'm really glad that you are here. Another kind of fact, I guess, about me. Well, actually, I'm going to ask for a little bit of audience participation. Raise your hand if you love to read. I'm hoping to see lots of hands. Cool. All right, there's a few of us here. All right. Raise your hand if you kind of just like to read. Okay, there's a few. Yeah. Raise your hand if you don't really read at all. It's okay. You can be brave. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, my kids are both raising their hands, too. That's okay. That's all right. I love reading. Uh, my first time around at university, I studied ancient civilizations. Um, I love reading history. I love reading a little bit of philosophy, and I love reading theology. Uh, and, and when I really need a bit of an escape, I love diving into like a good fantasy novel, uh, like The Lord of the Rings or The Belgariad by David Eddings, one of my all-time favorites. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. Um, but one genre of book that I've always been a little bit resistant to, to engage with, is the self-help book. Now, that might be more of an indictment on me being someone that doesn't really like taking advice than it is any critique on the genre itself, but I don't think that's the case. Let me explain why. I find that self-help books often try and take, like, a piece of advice that sounds good, and they kind of stretch it as far as they can and try and make it like a one-size-fits-all for everybody and a way that you can live your life, an ideology by which you can thrive. Here's a couple of books that have recently hit the shelves um, in this genre. Everything you'll ever need, you can find within yourself. I mean, that sounds good, right? What about this one? Good vibes, good life, how self-love is the key to unlocking your greatness. I want good vibes, I want a good life, Sounds like something I could read. What about this one? Be that unicorn. Find your magic, live your truth, and share your shine. Doesn't that just sound so good? I mean, who doesn't like unicorns? Can you see, can you identify a common theme there? If you can, 
Just hang on to that for a moment. I'm going to ask for a little bit more participation. Hands up if you're on Facebook. Okay, there's a few of us. Wow, there's a few not on Facebook. Okay, that's all right. Okay, hands up if you have been on Facebook since you had to have a teacher or student ID to have an account. Wow, I'm the only one. Okay, that makes me feel really old. Did you guys know that? It didn't used to be an open platform. It used to be limited to, the people, to people who were either um, teaching or students at schools. And I think the reason for that is kind of like it was designed as a platform to be able to kind of get together with your friends and organize things like on an online sort of sphere. Uh, but recent, not recently really, over the last several years, it opened up to everybody uh, and it became a platform, not so much of organizing things, but really a platform for sharing. And people share all kinds of things on their Facebook. And I, I'm not a sharer. I don't like to share on Facebook. I'm much more of a consumer. I like to, I'm kind of like the old man in the neighborhood who kind of just gets up whenever someone drives, drives into the street and kind of looks and peers through the window. I just like to see what's going on around the place, right? So I like to see what other people are doing. I like to keep kind of in contact with my friends and that my family's lives. And most of my family is still over in the US, and so I kind of get to see a little bit of that uh, from there. Um, but something that I've found a lot of people like to do is share advice on Facebook. They also like to share opinions, often violently and aggressively, um, probably because they're behind the safety of a screen. Uh, but opinions and advice. Advice is something that people love to share. And here's some that I've come across fairly recently. And now, this, two of these quotes, this first one from Princess Diana, I have no idea if Princess Diana said this. Like, it's got her name on it and it has a photo, but that's the extent of my verification, right? So that's what Princess Diana allegedly said. Only do what your heart tells you. Again, that kind of sounds nice. Or what about this, Oprah Winfrey? Following your heart's desire will lead you in the direction that your spirit wants to go. I'm not really sure what that means, but it sounds nice. Or this one. This one was shared with the hashtag Trust your intuition. If it looks right but feels wrong, it's fear. If it looks wrong but it feels right, it's intuition. Hashtag trust your intuition. Kinda, kind of a similar theme there, right, in that advice and in those self-help books. And this is kind of the cultural message that's being espoused today, right? That we are to look inside of ourselves, discover our truth, and follow our hearts. Again, kind of sounds nice. But what does it really mean to follow your heart? What do people actually mean when they're saying that? No one's actually saying, hey, you need to be led by your blood pump. That is not what people are saying. They're talking about the heart more in like a philosophical kind of way, right? So what do we mean when we say your heart? Let's talk a little bit about the heart. The Hebrews had a tradition of the heart as being, the Hebrew word for heart, by the way, is lev or levav. And they had a tradition that the heart was the seat of intelligence. And it was the center of our emotional experience. And in my very cursory survey of heart 
ideologies and philosophies, and I have no idea if the Greeks were influenced at all by the Hebrews, but there are a couple of Greek philosophers who had a very cardiocentric view of life. We get our word cardio from the Greek cardia. Uh, and the heart was, they recognized it was critical to life, but also it was from where all of our feelings and our desires and our emotions flowed. And we in the West, we've kind of adopted and we've amalgamated these two worldviews. And so we say that the heart is of central importance. Our feelings, our desires, the things that we long for are supreme. And so when someone's telling you to follow your heart, what they're really telling you to do is accept as authority your own emotional intelligence and emotional experience. Here's the problem with that. For millennia, people have recognized that this is a terrible idea to be guided by your emotions, to be led by your feelings through life. It's awful. Ancient Near Eastern myths, Greco-Roman myths, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, all of them say the same thing. Don't follow your heart. It is not a good idea. Some two and a half thousand years ago, there was a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. A prophet is just church speak for someone who revealed the will or the word of God to people. And this man, Jeremiah, he said in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, I think it is, the heart is deceitful above all else, and it is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then some five or six hundred years after that, Jesus, the greatest teacher who ever lived in Mark's gospel, said, For from within, out of the hearts of people, come, listen to all of these things, evil thoughts, acts of immorality, thefts, murders, acts of adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, envy, slander, Pride, foolishness, all of these things come from within and defile the person. Our culture is telling us to look within ourselves and follow these things. We've got a problem. We've got a heart problem. Can you see that? Have you experienced that? Have you recognized that? And this is not a new phenomena, by the way. Particularly in our Western traditions, this stretches back several hundred years. But we have taken that which is transcendent upon which we have built the foundations of our culture and we've replaced it with the transient. We've tacred, taken, rather, our sacred foundations and we've replaced them with the sick. Is it any wonder why things are so confusing? Is it any wonder 
why our world is in the state that it is today. Because we are being fed a message to look inside ourselves and follow our hearts. There has to be a better way, right? There has to be something else that we can follow. We don't actually have to look too far. And thank you, Rhonda, for reading that passage of Scripture just a moment ago, because that immediately precedes what Jeremiah says about the heart. And he says this, and he does it in what's called a parallelism, right? It's a, it was a common sort of teaching practice in the ancient Near East and in Hebrew um, circles, where two statements had like a similar structure, and each of those statements could stand independently, but together it really highlighted and heightened the importance. And this is what he said, Cursed is the one who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord, for he will be like a juniper in the desert and he will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. But he immediately follows that with this, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Blessed is the one who makes the Lord, who trusts in the Lord. Not in yourself. Not in your heart. Because our hearts are deceitful and they are desperately sick. And Jeremiah, in several chapters later, Jeremiah 33, he's talking to a particular group of people here, right? But it sort of foreshadows what's coming. He says, behold, this is God talking, I'm going to bring it healing and a remedy, and I will heal them, and I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. And today, in this room, we have had a revelation of abundance in truth, and truth rather, in the person of Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, who laid down his life, and who was raised from the grave so that we could have this stone of flesh removed from ourselves and replaced with a new heart. One that follows after God. In whatever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. You can take courage in that this morning. You can take comfort in that this morning, knowing that if you have committed your life to Christ, you are no longer under the sway of your sinful heart. You have a new heart and you have power through God to overcome the evils of temptation, to overcome sin, and to lead a new life. And if you're not here, and if, sir, excuse me, if you are here this morning and you have not made that commitment, God is still greater than your heart. But you will have to make a choice. There will be a time when you need to make that choice. Will you follow Jesus or will you follow your heart? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life.
And if you want to be like the tree planted by the stream of living water, then you will follow him. But if you would rather live a life of loneliness, a life of sin, then you'll follow your own selfish heart. And it's certainly my prayer that everyone in here this morning will make the right choice, will put their trust in the Lord. I'm going to pray for you now, Creekside, and we'll finish up. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much, God, that you have led us all to this place for a purpose. Lord, we know that not, there is not anyone here who is here by accident. We know, Lord, that you have brought us all here for some reason. And we just pray, Lord, that you would reveal that. We pray, Lord, that you would make the love of Jesus known to us, to each and every one of us, today, tomorrow, for the rest of our lives. And we pray, Lord, that we would be able to follow him and to not be led by our temptations and desires and the things that flow from our heart, God, we just ask that you would give us your power to say no to those things. We ask, God, that you would give us your power to walk your paths. Lord, lead us. Lead us not into temptation, Father, but lead us beside your waters. God, may we drink deeply. God, I pray for each and every person in this place. I ask, Father, that you would guide them, that you would go with them, and you would guard them as we go out into the rest of our day and the rest of our week. We pray these things with power in the name of your Son, Jesus, who is the Christ forever and ever. Amen.